What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Anna Creates podcast. My name is Alex Krotz, and today I'm excited to be back again. It has been a minute since my last podcast. If you're listening to this live as they're coming out, if you're listening to this in the future and it just seems like the next episode, then uh, ignore what I just said. But um, it's been a little little while since I've been on here, you know, with the state of the world at the moment. I've been working on some things. I've been dealing with myself as well as, you know, everybody, everything that's happening in the world. And uh, so I think it's important. I had to go through and I had to take some time off for mental health just to make sure I didn't go crazy, <laughs> basically, um, as a lot of people are dealing with right now and a lot of people are having the same kind of thing. So I think it's really important just to, to mention that, that, you know, even if you work really hard and even if you're doing things um, and you you think that you're unaffected, it is good to take some time to yourself and just make sure that that is the case. And, um, you know, just everybody needs time to themselves. Everybody needs some mental health breaks and such. So anyway, I'm back. Um, and I have a lot of really exciting ideas for episodes that I want to talk about and things that I want to somehow, um, put into episodes and I'm not totally sure how yet, but we're going to work on that. Uh, and I'm really, really excited, um, for the new direction of the podcast. I've had a lot of time to think about what I want to do and how I want to approach the new episodes and what kind of information I want to portray. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, but this week I have a really interesting, uh, thing that I came across. I came across an article and it's kind of going around in the news, um, for the last little while. And I just wanted to bring it to light because with one of the articles I was reading, and, and as I was thinking about this, it just a lot of ideas and a lot of emotion struck me. And I kind of wanted to just talk about it with you guys, um, because I think it's really important and I, you know, can have my opinion and talk about it. So that's what I'm going to do today. So if you have been uh, not aware right now, there is a, you know, Joe Rogan is a massive podcaster um, who just recently signed a deal with Spotify, who is, you know, a huge streaming service. And he signed a $100 million deal with Spotify to move his content exclusively over to Spotify. And this is great for, for Joe. That's phenomenal. You know, that is a deal of a lifetime. Not many people ever have ever gotten that. That's the biggest deal to date for something like this. So, um, I am going to talk about that deal in a different podcast. I just haven't written that out and structured it yet, but good job for Joe. That's amazing. And Spotify gets a phenomenal voice and a phenomenal figure who a lot of people love his podcast. I mean, I, I don't know the numbers, but so his, his ratings are really, really high. His listenership is in the millions, you know, which is amazing for, a podcast and especially a podcast like his, um, where it's, it, they can go on for hours. They can literally be hours of content and they're great content. He's got a lot of famous people on there. They talk about a lot of great things, um, a lot of issues in the world and it's, it's fantastic. So back when Joe Rogan signed this deal a few months ago, he said that everything was moving over to Spotify by the end of the year, he was supposed to have all of his content over on Spotify. And his main thing before was on YouTube. It was a filmed podcast and he would have it mainly on YouTube and on every platform, every, every, uh, podcasting platform as well. But he, he did a lot of clips on YouTube and they were massively popular. But anyway, so he's moving all of his content over to Spotify and just making an exclusive deal. So for Spotify, this is great because he, they have a, you know, a great voice and they're getting people theoretically to come over and subscribe to Spotify to make more money. 
um, to be able to listen to the Joe Rogan experience, which is his podcast. And that's, that's awesome that, you know, great, you know, it's exclusive content. That's what they want. They're probably going to still put, I think they said they were going to put clips of it still on YouTube, um, which makes sense. You know, that's kind of the marketing side of things, I guess, uh, to get people to still come over to listen to it on Spotify. But the, you know, that's, they want a, an exclusive content and, and Spotify has been putting a lot of money into, uh, podcasts recently. So, you know, this is a, is a smart move for them and makes total sense. Uh, we're not sure how it's going to play out in the long run. Um, because a hundred million dollars is a lot, that's a, that is a big deal. And that's a lot of money to get back. I mean, um, the funny thing with that, and I'm going to talk about this in another episode, I, I'm getting a little off track from where I wanted to go, but when they first signed that their stock price went up and they ended up getting uh, $5 billion worth of uh, market cap added just by the announcement of signing this deal, with Joe Rogan. So basically that means that a hundred million dollar deal got them $5 billion all right off the hop. So so far seems like a good deal. However, I digress. What I wanted to talk about is the thing that is circling right now, and that is um, the censorship of the Joe Rogan podcast. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Joe Rogan podcast or the Joe Rogan experience, as it's called, it's known for having some pretty in-depth conversations about some very real things and people's true unfiltered opinions. It's very unedited. Um, and, you know, he gets people to talk about how they feel about certain world issues, about just anything and it's uncensored. It's always been uncensored and it's always been, you know, he guides the conversation and that's, that's the way it is. And that's what people tune in and listen for because you get some really real and raw opinions from some, some celebrities and that's really, really cool to see. And that's part of his whole thing. That's part of his branding. That's part of why people love the podcast. Now, with it going over to Spotify, so now he has kind of a boss to answer to, so to speak. When this first came about, when the, when the deal was announced, Joe himself tweeted that nothing was going to change. He was moving over to a platform, but nothing in the actual content was going to change. Just because I'm in a deal with Spotify, I still retain creative control over my content. So recently, what's been happening is as they've been moving all the content over onto Spotify, they have omitted a few episodes. They've been leaving some episodes out that they seemingly seem to think were too controversial um, and too, that just dove into certain things that they didn't want to um, have on their platform, apparently. And now what's happening as well is more and more Spotify um, employees are wanting higher censorship basically on the podcast. So basically the latest development in that is the executives. They did say, yes, you can censor a few bits and pieces here and there, and we can take this episode out or we, you know, they allowed the fact that some of the episodes wouldn't move over because of, you know, what was talked about now has developed differently or, you know, whatever the case may be. But now some of the staff who thought that was, that was good now want more. And they're now, because Spotify is not budget as much. They're uh, threatening to have a strike based on this. And a few, a few things that were highlighted in this, uh, what, what I've been seeing is LGTBQ plus uh, Spotify employees that 
are not happy with certain things. They had an episode with Abigail Schreier, a Wall Street Journal writer who was the author of Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. And she was on the podcast. That was one of the episodes that was refused to be removed by Spotify. But a lot of the LGBTQ employees think that this is not good and that this should be removed. And, you know, she's uh, in the in the interview. She questioned whether young women uh, should undergo gender transforming operations and treatments and therapies uh, and questioning whether the women are genuinely trans or simply seeking acceptance and validation. That was her kind of thing side of the uh, of the argument or or what she was calling into question. And these are the kind of things that that Joe Rogan got people to talk about and and would go into depth and they would actually talk about what what is their opinion? What is how do they see this? And uh, so anyway, during the conversation, she was questioning these things and she was bringing this up and, you know, makes sense due to the name of the book that she wrote. So some of these Spotify employees thought that this drew accusations of transphobia and they didn't like that. So they want to go on strike. They they don't like that Spotify is not taking that episode down or allowing it censorship. And the same staff or similar staff in that area of the company want to be able to censor it more. Well, Spotify has gone a certain way. They're not going any further. They're refusing to go any further. And uh, Spotify CEO Daniel Ek has said that he has limited tolerance to this. And this is where the kind of discussion comes in that I that I thought. So their CEO, he has a very good point. And it seems obvious to me why he would have this stance of we're not going to censor it. We're not going to bring it in because Joe Rogan, when he came over, he said, I'm going to retain creative con- creative control. And people were very relieved by that. And that is what, you know, Spotify bought. That's what they paid $100 million for is Joe Rogan. And part of Joe Rogan experience, part of that whole thing is how he gets people to talk uncensored and how he gets people to actually express their thoughts. And they go into taboo topics that nobody else talks about. And they talk about these things. And yet now these employees go, well, now that it's under Spotify, we want to censor it because we don't agree. And whether you agree or not, Joe gets people to talk about things. And there was another episode that happened and um, Joe did apologize about what had been talked about. He did uh, issue a formal apology. However, a lot of people are thinking that that was partially due to pressure from, again, Spotify staff who wanted him to... um, wanted him to apologize for what was said. And it didn't seem on brand with Joe. I mean, he has apologized for things in the past. He has, you know, when, when new information comes out or whatever, fine. And, um, you know, he's done that because, you know, sometimes you're in the moment of recording the podcast, they go on to some topic or the, or the facts aren't right. And he, you know, they check the facts after and he kind of goes, oops, sorry. Um, which is fine. That's fine. And they do it really well. And, you know, Spotify wants to be able to, these staff people want to be able to do uh, fact checking. That's one thing. Fact checking, I don't think has been, uh, from, from what I've seen, hasn't been the, the point of contention of the upper management of Spotify and that they want to uh, not allow that. They, they're fine with that part. It's the censorship of it that they don't want. They don't want to edit down the conversations because 
like I said, that is Joe Rogan's entire identity and he revolved that it's what it revolves around the unfiltered discussion and opinion. And that's what, uh, that's what the audience wants. That's why people love Joe Rogan. And that's why people don't like Joe Rogan at the same time. Um, but, but that's why people love him. That's why so many people listen to his podcast. And that is frankly why Spotify bought him. They bought what they were getting. They bought what Joe Rogan gets. Now, if, if Joe Rogan uh, has to start censoring all of his stuff and they're taking out all of the like, you know, the really juicy stuff that is going to be controversial, uh, they're they're just going to get every other podcast. They're going to get everybody else that doesn't want to offend anybody and is trying to walk that thin line, which is fine. Joe Rogan is known because he pushes that boundary. He pushes that to see what people think and their their actual thoughts. Now, you don't invite somebody like Abigail Schreier on, who's an author of something called Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. You don't invite them on if you don't want to talk about that issue, if you don't want to hear about that issue because clearly she's very strongly opinionated about that. She wrote the book about it. I personally have not read this. I have not listened to this episode myself, but from an outside perspective, even without listening to it, you don't invite somebody on if you don't want to hear their opinion on this. So the way that Spotify needs to kind of approach this, I think, is just exactly what Daniel Eck wants. And is that's don't censor it. Just make it known that this is what's going to be talked about. This is who it is. If you don't like that, don't listen to it. You know, that's that's what it's all about. If you are going to be offended by somebody talking about, you know, transgender things, transitioning, all that, don't listen to this episode because they're probably going to talk about that. They don't invite that person on and then ask them what their favorite TV show is. You don't you don't do that. That's not how it works. So anyway, so. I'm really happy that Daniel Eck has decided to kind of push back on that and doesn't want to censor it. Um, and I, I, I think that there, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these employees uh, doing a strike. If he's going to go fine, then do a strike and we'll replace you because we need people that'll be supportive of this or that just will will be okay with the fact that we have a real, that Joe Rogan has a real thought behind his podcast. He's not just watered down because he doesn't want to offend people. He's out there to offend people. And the reason well, not, you know, actually, but his content is out there and it's going to offend people. There's no doubt about that. But the other side of people who are not being offended, and that seems to be a lot of people listen to it because they want to know what the other side of this is. They want to know what the other side of that person's thought is. They want to be educated because the only way to get educated is to hear somebody else's side of something that you maybe don't agree with. When you want to learn something or when you want to learn new things or when you want to expand your knowledge about something, you don't just look for things that you already knew because, yeah, that's going to you know reinforce what you thought. But you actually should be questioned. And, you know, for me personally, when I have conversation with friends and somebody plays the devil's advocate, that's when the conversations are really entertaining because you say, well, this is how it is. And they go, well, but what about this? You have to be open minded, obviously, to have conversations like that. But it seems like a lot of these people are not being open minded to literally working at a company that houses a podcast that does that. If you don't like it, fine. Just don't talk about it. Don't, you know, we don't even know who you are. Uh, you just Spotify employee number 7,852. And if you don't like his content and you don't want to hear that, don't listen to his podcast. Then there's plenty of people who do and who love the fact that it's, that it is uncensored. 
So anyway, I think it brings up a really interesting thing that's happening, and that is that big companies like this, and this is what a lot of people were worried about, is that it would get censored because they love the uncensored version. And that's goes very well with creativity in general, uh, because obviously this is Joe Rogan's creative endeavor, is his podcast. For artists, same kind of thing tends to happen where people get signed to record labels and, and record deals, and then the the executives want to change their sound and try and fit them into a genre so that they can get them on the radio, so that they can do whatever. In this day and age, radio's falling by the wayside. Playlists and stuff are where it's at. And there's so many playlists that play so many different kinds of music, so many different genres and, and crossover genres and all that kind of stuff. And when a band is left to their own devices, they create something really neat. And whatever they create, whatever they were creating is what got the attention of the executives, is what got the attention of their fans that they have already. And often record labels, you know, are looking for bands with a bunch of fans to start from. They don't just pick somebody who's got nobody. So clearly, whatever the band is doing on their own is, is working, is people are liking that. So... It doesn't make any sense to try and censor that, essentially. The same kind of thing as what they're doing to Joe is changing the sound, trying to fit them into a different pigeonhole for a little bit more business or something. In today's day and age, that doesn't work because there's just, you can take whatever it is and you can find other ways of making business out of it. You know, Spotify playlists, getting people to hear it and then selling it in a different, you know, you have to sell the CDs or the, or the digital downloads and merch shows, all that kind of stuff, trying to shape it so that it fits better into a potential radio pitch doesn't make any sense anymore. And you're losing the integrity of the artist because the artist isn't going to like their stuff nearly as much as what they would just write on their own. And yes, I mean, this is not a producer and an artist where the producer is kind of helping make the best of what the artist has. This is when an executive team or a marketing team goes, well, this band needs to be more like X band and this band and that band. That's where you start getting problems. Maybe they're a bit more country and you want, well, okay, but let's make it more pop country so that it fits better on the radio. But they do traditional country. So why are we trying to change that? You need to leave creative people to their own devices. And in today's day and age, there is possibility to make business out of it. It's just that you have to see where the possibilities are. And obviously, I've, I've talked about this before, and record labels, big record labels are, are a bit lost in that regard. They don't see that. They're, they're behind the times. <laughs> That's the way they are. And they don't see that small artists who are not signed can still make a very good living if they do it right and if they add to what they already do. Um, and a lot of really, really successful artists that end up getting signed to record labels have a little bit less less control taken away from them because once again, the, the executives go, well, you're already selling millions of copies the way you're doing it. So keep doing it. You know, I've worked with a lot of big bands who have big A&R guys and typically the A&R who are the ones that are kind of the relation who have an actual creative bone in their body because typically the people making the calls are these executives who are more business people and business and creative don't always mix very well, which is fine. You need business people to run a big multi-million dollar company. That's fine. However, they need to realize that they are not the creative type. So they need to figure out what to do with the creativity that they're given by the artist. <laughs> So A&R people who are kind of the go-between between the artists themselves and the business guys, they're the uh, artist and repertoire guys. They represent the company. They represent the record label. 
when they talk to the artist and go, okay, we need to do this or we need to do that. The A&R guys for big bands and big records, typically their biggest thing is, uh, I don't think that fits what you do. So don't, this isn't a song. Do not, do not pursue. Um, that's an actual line that I heard. That's what they do. They don't go, Oh, you need more of, uh, you know, four on the floor kick drum to make it sound more poppy because that's going to really work. It's like, this is, we're making a rock record. Like, don't, don't try and no, this, that's not the way it works. And typically that's exactly what the good A&R guys are doing. They're not trying to change every little tiny bit when uh, an, a record label is a bit too intertwined in that creative process and trying to steer the band too much. That's when you start losing the, the band, you start losing their fans because you're changing it too much. And yes, prompting them in a certain direction, that's one thing because the band may need help getting a little bit out of their comfort zone, but it's not trying to push them in a direction they don't want to go. It's just emphasizing what they're already doing. I love Bring Me the Horizon. They're a great band, but they started as a, a metal core, like hardcore band, and they've now become more poppy. Still doing a lot of rock. It's still very heavy, especially the newer stuff, but they transitioned to that from very, very heavy, and every record kind of went more and more in that direction, but they wanted to do that. If you hear them talk, they weren't being pushed that way because it was more mainstream. Yes, it got them more mainstream success, but they weren't actually trying to necessarily get more mainstream success. And you can tell that by the fact that they didn't just do a 180 and just suddenly go into a different direction. So you can tell their comments are genuine. Um, not saying that if, you know, they had done a 180, that would be a bad thing because it's, it still works. You know, Taylor Swift keeps changing her genre, but she's doing it on her own accord because, the executives and the the big the big names aren't censoring her as much because they know that it's Taylor Swift. The name is going to sell no matter what she does at this point. She keeps you know cranking out bangers and big big hits, and people still buy a lot of her stuff. So it's fine. Uh, but I think that these people need to think about that with smaller artists as well because that's what people love about them that the fact that they are different stop trying to put them into a pigeonhole stop trying to make them into a cookie cutter band because it's not going to work people are going to get bored of them they like the originality and the the when they're on their own when bands are on their own that's when people love that a, a really good example that i like is billy eilish as well she made her record in her bedroom with her brother there wasn't a lot of executive anything in intertwined in that and they probably would have told her that this isn't going to work that they wanted her to do more poppy that they wanted her to do something else but she didn't have that influence she didn't need it and she swept awards all over the place when the records came out that people love it because it's her because it's different because it's not been pushed around and isn't genuine it's genuinely her her music matches her her branding matches her her image the way she dresses, the way she talks, the way she, everything about her and her music is genuinely her. And you can tell that. And it's different. It's not what was, what was successful. And now what's happening? A bunch of people are trying to make new artists sound more like that. Well, but it's not going to work. Make it sound like that artist. Just do what you know you can do uh, and that people already like about what you're doing and keep doing what you want to do. You can you can move creatively. Every band has to grow and they change and they morph. That's fine. But they're doing it at their own pace and they're doing it at their own way, which means their fans are going to follow them in that sense. 
this is just uh, some thoughts that I had on the the fact of of censorship and what it means for creativity and uh, and for business, frankly, for artists. And I guess my takeaway from this and, and the Joe Rogan censorship thing is I really hope that they don't censor Joe too much. That they really uh, rain, you know stop. Um, giving giving in to these staff people and these staff people need to just understand too many people are getting offended by things that they shouldn't even do. They just shouldn't listen to, I guess, if they don't like that. But, you know, I really hope they don't censor him. I really hope that they keep that because they're going to be, they're going to be making a very stupid business decision if they censor too much because people are going to go away. Um, and I think that's Daniel X uh, whole problem is he's like, we bought this for what he does. So we need to leave it that way. And I think I really hope that creativity doesn't all go down this route um, and that record labels see that and bands see that and artists see that and podcasters see that any everybody. It has to be genuinely you. You can't be bending to everybody else's wants and wills. And, you know, you have to be authentic. And I really hope that that doesn't happen in this. This kind of stops with people getting too much of their way, because if they give into this, it's only going to be, there's going to be more, there's going to be more until he is a watered down version of what he was. Nobody wants to listen to him. Spotify is going to be mad because they lost out on a bunch of money because it didn't pay off because they completely screwed up the thing that they bought. If you pay Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars for what he does, which is uncensored thoughts and uncensored conversations that push the boundaries of comfort for the people that listen, well, then that's exactly what you're paying for. And that's the way you should keep it because that's what he wants to do. And that's how he has developed himself. And that's where he is going, which people like. So I hope that that's the way it stays. This is just some thoughts that I wanted to share with you about this topic. And um, let me know your thoughts. Go on to anacreates.ca. Go find the podcast page. Find this episode. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts. Do you think that Joe Rogan should be more censored? Do you think he pushes the boundaries too far? Do you think that bands are having the same kind of issue? Have, Have you know bands that have seemingly gone in a direction that they don't seem happy with and then it's the last record let me know leave a comment over there or shoot me a message on twitter at anik creates i would love to know your opinion on this i have a lot more pieces like this coming and um thoughts about the business and the music industry and the creative industry in general just if you're in creativity how to make money, what the business side of things is that people don't generally think of like this. So can't wait to share that with you. I hope you're excited as I am. It's good to be back. But with that, that is it for this week's episode. Subscribe if you haven't already. Share this episode with somebody you think would find it interesting and I will see you in the next one. Peace.